This episode is brought to you by our friends at Squiz. Squiz is a student experience platform that offers a full suite of solutions developed exclusively for higher education. Squiz has so many exceptional products that are worth checking out, but the two that I've been most impressed by are their custom site search product, Funnelback, and their website platform, which is a true DXP. And don't worry, I'll explain what that means in just a second. For the next wave of digital natives, search is not ancillary to navigation. Search is navigation. And Funnelback enables schools like yours to build custom smart site search. So that way your nursing program actually comes up when someone searches nursing instead of that one nursing faculty event registration page from like two years ago. And their DXP, it's so much more than a traditional website CMS. A CMS is meant for exactly what it claims to be, content management. It's an important part of your marketing tech stack and important part of the student life cycle. But that's just it. It's just a part. A DXP, a digital experience platform, is built to be the hub of your MarTech stack. It relies on powerful integrations, data management, and an open platform in order to create the kind of experiences simply not possible with a normal CMS. Say goodbye to the finicky plugins of WordPress and the crappy site architecture of Drupal that hurts your SEO and get ready to meet the fastest, most powerful, and most personalized website platform for colleges and universities on the market. Today, the student experience begins online, not at school. And as an enrollment marketer, your job is to ensure that prospective students find what they are looking for as quickly and as easily as possible. Squiz is the secret friction reducers that schools across the globe are using to not just attract the next generation of students, but nurture them to the point of enrollment in a way that is conducive and not counter to how they consume information and make purchasing decisions. You can learn more about Squiz at enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. Again, that's enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. Zach here. I am sitting down today with not one, but two guests. And these folks are none other than the Assistant Vice Provost of Graduate Enrollment Management, Adam Paluzzi from Boston College, and the Director of Graduate Enrollment Management Strategy, Brett DeMarzo. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks very much, Zach. All right. So we have a lot of fun things to get into today, but I want you all to share a little bit about yourselves first. And one of the questions I like to use to kind of get people going and share a little bit of, you know, like not quite your LinkedIn profile, not quite the bio that you would use at like a NAGAP conference, right? But like something a little bit more fun is to ask you to talk to me about if I were to be invited over to your respective homes for dinner and I were sitting around the table with close family and friends and I were to ask these family and friends to tell me a little bit about Adam and then tell me a little bit about Brett what do you imagine they would say? And we'll start with you, Adam. Well, Zach, I don't want to disappoint you, but I'm not sure that they would want to spend all this time talking about me. <laughs> I have a lot of random um, podcast hosts come over for dinner and they're sick of talking about me. But um, <laughs> uh, I think um, a lot of my family and friends are really passionate about food and cooking. And so I think we would talk most about like what we were eating okay. and then maybe what we were planning to cook next. Um, I did a lot of cooking during the pandemic. I made uh, 
risotto for the first time and things like risotto things nice. like that um and hopefully you'd find that like we would laugh a lot and that it's a group that that's a lot of fun together so would they describe you as somebody who is pretty extroverted, pretty introverted? If they were to talk, like, do they know what you do? Like, if you were to be like, so what, is, what does Adam do? Like, how would they answer that question? So a lot of my friends work in, in higher ed. Okay. And we don't spend, like, dinner table conversation talking about higher ed stuff. But, yeah, I think most of them are familiar with what I do. Um, I don't know that, like, my parents know exactly what I do. And <laughs> um, sometimes um, my uh, mom makes fun of me because my undergrad degree is in English and I do a lot with data now and computers. And she's like, what, how does that, how does up? that connect? But, uh, yeah, so th they know that I work in higher ed and that I've, you know, done different degrees and things like that and where I'm working, but that's probably as far as it goes. Okay. Okay. Well, what about you, Brett? Yeah, I think um, I come from a, a pretty big family. Um, so growing up, uh, lots of cousins, aunts, uncles, and we used to do a lot of events. So a very family-oriented person. I think that that's a big part of my life. And um, my wife and son um, are a big part of my life. And, and so I think uh, a lot of people would point to that. Um, and I, you know, I, I hate to say it, um, as a cliche, but I think people think I'm the nice guy. Like I'm, <laughs> you are the nice I, guy. I, I am, but I, yeah. you know, it's a, you know, it's very cliche. So, but I, I do, I value relationships a lot. Um, so work relationships and friends and family, um, that's just really important to me. And I think that that just kind of shows through, uh, and why people, people call me the nice guy. So, um, yeah, so that's that's me. When you, I'm I'm curious for for both of you. When you're talking about like enrollment management, right? And I don't even know if you use that term with your friends and family, but like, what do folks what do folks think that that means? Like, are, do you guys have to explain? Like, I, I'm trying to like sell education to students, <laughs> or like, how do you articulate to somebody what it is that you spend most of your time doing without using like industry jargon? I mean, I always I always end up starting with. Hey, I, I help students get into school, okay. like get into college. Like that's that's my go-to to start, um, and then try to work in the larger picture of what enrollment management is. Um, but I th I think most most of the people that I talk with about it are are you know as soon as you say you kind of help guide students uh, during the exploration of college and what it means um, to go to graduate school and, and how to navigate that process. That's, that usually satisfies it as much as possible. Good answer. Good answer. Anything you'd add to that, Adam? Well, I think the easiest way to describe it for somebody that's not in the industry uh, would be to say, I work in the admissions office which is, you know, not to boil down what we do in, into that, but I think that helps people sort of get it and, and that starts the conversation. But um, I, I think I, I will probably talk about this a little bit more, but we spend a, probably a lot more time talking about marketing things than mm. um, actually reviewing files and things like that now. So, um, you know, there's a lot more to it, but, um, but it's all good. Good answers. Good answers. <laughs> well, we've spent the past week traveling around to different schools, primarily in the New England area, and really asking folks to talk to us a little bit about sort of like 
the state of higher education, right? Like higher ed has just gone through, I mean, every, you know, industry has, but in the past 18 months, especially like higher education's sort of been shaken to its core, right? Schools had to be closed. Schools were kind of reopened and many of them closed again. The learning experience for students varied drastically depending on sort of the institution, right? Some folks were able to adapt very quickly in light of uh, COVID and others were really, really, really slow to adapt, right? Um, none of this is new news, but we've spent a fair amount of time talking with folks who work in undergraduate admissions and or students who are sort of like traditional four-year students. We haven't spent a lot of time talking to folks who work in the grad space, either graduate enrollment management or graduate students. So what I'm curious, just to kind of get us going here, is from your all's perspective, like what is the state of graduate student recruitment? like? How are we doing, right, uh, 18 months and then some sort of like into this pandemic? Well, I'm really happy to have gotten through both the fall 2020 and then the fall 2021 cycles. Um, I, You know, I don't know that we're necessarily um, totally out of the the pandemic and, and all of the implications that go with it. Um, I think there are still a lot of questions this fall about... Um, how are we going to uh, interact with students? There's a lot of events that haven't returned to in-person um, um, offerings. So I think uh, there's still a lot of uh, you know impact that the pandemic is having. Sure. I think a, a surprise uh, because we were all, I think, really uh, unsure of, of so many things that um, took place, but a, a surprise was um, when our graduate programs pivoted to virtual uh, info sessions, webinars, that kind of thing. We were able to reach more people hmm. than we would have if we were offering just on-campus events. So in a way, I think we, we learned some really great lessons about how to use those virtual tools to actually increase our reach um, and to, to better support uh, graduate level recruitment. I think at the graduate level, people from all over the country and, and the world are, are looking at BC and we were able to invite more of them to interact with us through one of these like virtual events. What was, what was hardest like internally? Like what, like what sort of like friction did you encounter with you know, getting faculty to kind of show up, maybe, I don't know if faculty are typically a part of any of your recruitment events, um, but, you know, what internal processes did you have to, like, shore up or change or, how, like, how did you have to pivot? Um, and, and, and what, I guess, was hardest, if anything, about that pivoting? Or was everyone just, like, very, like, gung-ho, all right, like, let's figure this out, let's do this together? Like, what was, like, what was, like, the state of last fall? Like, what did it feel like? Describe the room. Well, it really was an all hands on deck kind of moment. Um, and I think there, last fall, I mean, there's still question marks this fall, but I think there were so many unknowns last fall that we were trying to piece together things on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, luckily we had uh, launched a, a new CRM system in 2018. And so we had some technical capabilities to quickly add webinars and um, the university uh, quickly enhanced like its Zoom licenses to yeah. be able to um, offer a lot of uh, different ways that we could uh, be you know, offering uh, webinars or presentations or whatever it might be. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, we, we luckily also have a couple of really great resources specifically for faculty. So whether that was supporting faculty transitioning classes online or whether that was to help faculty members create new content, there are some really great offices um, that thankfully were, were also already in place by the time we had to make that really drastic pivot. But it, it had to happen fast, yeah. and so there was a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of work that went into um, first in the fall of or no first in the spring of 2020 when admitted student events needed to be shifted, and then to imagine what sort of fall recruitment needed. So it, was, it happened in waves, really. It's interesting, you know, as I've been talking with folks um, for an industry that's sort of at least like pegged as slow to move, right? A little bit archaic in its processes. Um, lots of, you know, bureaucratic processes that have to be followed in order to in order to effectively uh, do what higher education needs to do. Like, it was interesting to see how p many people were able to quit, you know, quickly pivot and quickly adopt new strategies, new technology, et cetera. So I think, I, I hope that some of that sort of like rhythm that was adopted will, will, you know, stay true continue, as, as, yeah, and yeah. continue sort of as we, uh, as we hopefully very soon move out of this pandemic. Um, Brett, what, what would you add to, to this sort of conversation around like, what is the state of student recruitment at the graduate level? Yeah, I think, I mean, what I was most surprised at, um, to your to your point, Zach, um, I was surprised at the ability for a lot of schools, not every school, but I, I think a lot of schools did have to pivot quickly and they did have to be flexible. And as you say, that that's something that um, higher education as an industry is just not really known for uh, traditionally. Um, so that was really surprising to me, but in a good way. I, I think it did signal to a lot of schools that um, this kind of flexibility is really important. Um, and it's really important to be able to help higher education evolve as a as a industry. Um, obviously, we know some of the challenges that are coming up in higher education, demographic changes, different parts of the country are going to be impacted by that. And here in the Northeast, I mean, that's a that's a real worry, I think, for a lot of schools. So that ability to be flexible, um, I think the pandemic kind of helped us to figure that out and and become more nimble. Um, I think the other really interesting thing um, that I think is important is what it signaled, I think, to a lot of schools as well, is that the traditional tactics that you use that um, I think are often maybe short-term oriented, um, you know, what are we going to do for this recruitment cycle to get the next class? Um, what are what's what are the marketing efforts we're going to do this year to get the fall class or the spring class? But I think a lot of that, the pandemic has showed us that schools, colleges, and universities, um, especially at the graduate level, really need to develop those relationships with students both in the short term and in the long term, you mm. know, and it and I think it, that's a real change. That's a change for higher education. I think um, that's been I think traditionally very focused on that short term. Let's get the next class in. Let's meet our numbers. Um, let's let's get our enrollments. Um, but it's really how can we use whether it's technology or staffing um, to make sure that that relationship happens over a longer period of time. And I think that's the other difference, um, I think, between graduate and undergraduate. You know, there is a lot more variation in terms of where our prospective students are. Hmm. And that means that we have to l use our tactics a little bit differently 
to be able to reach those populations and make sure that we're getting them the information that they need at the right time. And that right time is always based on their timeline, not yeah. on our timeline. Yeah. So I think that those are some of the things that have been, um, that I think have been really important coming out of this pandemic. Speaking of sort of change and difference, um, you all are doing something pretty unique and different here. And I want to talk about this team that Adam, that you've, you've set up. Um, and I believe you guys are calling this the graduate enrollment management digital strategy team. Did I get that right? Yeah. So, um, I think, uh, to give you a little bit of some background on um, how how all of this came to be. So uh, Boston College has eight graduate and professional schools, and there are admissions offices in each of those schools with great teams in place. But uh, I think we, we sensed that if we could help um, elevate that work, if we could maybe help create some um, connection and collaboration uh, among the teams, um, that they could learn from each other, that mm. there would be some opportunity to um, uh, leverage the the collective uh, wisdom of the group and, um, you know, maybe help also consolidate resources and things like that. So this came about in 2019, luckily before the pandemic Got hit. And I think we were, were lucky during the pandemic because a lot of these conversations had already started. And so the teams came together, um, I think during the height of the pandemic, maybe on a weekly basis to share sort of like what was going on in their worlds. And, you know, one um, school might've had a question about, well, you know, usually we do a reception for admitted students and we connect them with uh, industry partners like has anybody come up with a solution for that yet and hmm. somebody might have said oh yeah like we used this um this cool software that helped um host that and you might want to look into it or oh you should check out my newly designed admitted student portal to make sure that you see that we've got those resources there and you might want to reference those so there's a lot of really great collaboration that came a little bit more naturally because we'd already started having these conversations about the team. Sure. There were two new hires that that I think we were really excited to uh, get on board. One was somebody to help manage the, the CRM system. One of the priorities uh, that we had early on was to make sure that we were maximizing our usage of, of the CRM system that the university had invested in. And then the other position is Brett's uh, new role, um, as director of uh, graduate enrollment digital strategy to um, help the, the schools um, optimize and, and learn and best use the digital tools that we have at our disposal. And I think we've done a much better job of enhancing that toolbox. Mm. Um, so during the pandemic, I think more schools were engaging a, a, in digital marketing, in new ways of connecting with students and to make sure that their um, return on investment and the analytics that we were seeing, you know, I, I think Brett brings an expertise to help the schools navigate that data, um, to help make sure that it's a quickly shifting landscape with the different tools changing all the time. So to have somebody who can um, help boost what those teams are doing um, is really exciting. So. Um, 
Yeah, so that's a little bit of a, a background there. And, uh, you know, this has been in place now for a li little bit, but um, we're excited to see where it's going to go next. So help me, that, that was super helpful, um, but help me sort of understand a little bit more practically, like how this works, right? Like, is, is the goal, I imagine, right, previously, each school sort of has its own collective of strategies and tactics that they would use for enrollment management for digital marketing. I'm sure people are spending, you know, different amounts of money. They're probably working either. Some people probably have in-house folks to help out with everything. Other schools might be outsourcing to some vendors here and there. So is the, is the goal of this particular team to help streamline a lot of that? And like, I guess, walk us through a couple of examples of how um, how an admissions team at one of these schools would take advantage of, would tap into sort of like the resources and offerings of this new team? I think from my perspective, um, you know, in my role with, um, with the digital strategy piece in particular, um, I really see it as an opportunity for me to be a resource for the schools. Um, and I think having a background that I have in, admissions and financial aid um, and and being very much involved in the day-to-day -day operations of those types of teams uh, and being a former director of grad admission myself I know and can remember not not having the time or sure. not having the energy to be able to to do these types of things whether it be the analysis piece or even just to think creatively you know mm. to take that time to think creatively about the strategy and look at all of the different tools that are out there and say what's going to work based on what my goal is for this particular program or whatnot so i think um what i see is going to be really helpful for our bc teams is to be able to be that resource um and so whether it's you know, creating resources like planning guides or something like that to help the teams determine what's going to work for them based on their goals and objectives. Um, to be a sounding board uh, for for new ideas, you know, maybe think outside the box. Um, I think that that's really valuable. And it's something that I wish that I had in my previous director role of grad admission that that would have been extremely helpful at my previous institutions. So be it, so to be able to be in that type of role for the teams here at BC, I think is going to be extremely valuable to them. And, and that's kind of what has excited me most about it. Hmm. Um, and then I think also having the leadership that Adam brings in terms of working with the schools, not just in digital strategy, but in all strategies. So um, budgetary strategies, mm. um, student service um, strategies, you know, and be able to kind of take that 10,000 foot view of what are the types of things that we can help the schools think about and help to try to create or collaborate with some of the other departments on campus to make it so that their students' experience is the the, the top um, the top experience that they can have, and then our other team member, you know, working with the CRM in particular, you know, using um, that system and using that tool um, effectively and optimizing it and maximizing the the use of it. So that we, the BC teams, the admission teams feel um, that they're they're able to use it 
um, as effectively as possible. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's how I see our team being that resource mm-hmm. and that that value to um, the the specific school teams. And you know, and that's one of the reasons why we we knew Brett was the right fit because of the way that he's thinking about this. And I think the way that he's framed it with us being a resource for the schools is an important way to think about it. So what what this isn't is uh, a centralized uh, office that is overseeing all graduate yeah. enrollment. Sure. At the graduate level, I think it's very important that each of the disciplines maintains that autonomy so that they can speak to their students in a way that will resonate best with them. So. Um, so that's been very important. So really what we do is help enhance what they do. Sure. And it seems to me that like, you know, in the short term, what this could look like even is somebody who's working in admissions for the School of Social Work, let's say, right? Like they've identified the fact that, hey, you know, we'd like to rank for, you know, uh, these particular keywords or we want to increase our SEO. They could in, they could go to Brett, they could go to you all, your your, mm-hmm. your team and say, hey, Oh, where, how do we, we don't really know anything about SEO. Like, where do we start? What should we read? Do you guys, like, who should we talk to about this? Do you have, you know, partners that we could tap into, et cetera? And so rather than them having to go and spend their time trying to either learn SEO or figure out who to work with to increase their SEO, they can almost sort of like outsource that idea or outsource that challenge or problem to you all. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah, I like that uh, example. And I think, um, you know, if we think about what we want this next year to look like and at the end of the year we can look back and say, oh, this was successful. I think a lot of what we'll do this year is is a lot of setup where we are creating some of those types of tools that can then be accessed by the different team members. And if they're – right now we have, knock on wood, we have, um, I think – all of the offices are fully staffed with fantastic people. But if there was a new team member who didn't mm. have questions like that and wanted um, a, a great place to start, there will hopefully be a resource guide that um, discusses different you know, digital marketing tactics. There yeah. will be resources for you to dive into the CRM and make sure that you, know, you get the training and the sort of technical support that is needed to really you know, build, build that system out. Um, we get a lot of questions from the uh, graduate admissions offices, and usually these offices have you know three or four staff members max, and they're doing all all things: sure, recruitment, financial aid, registration, um, sometimes orientation. Those you know it's it, it's a it's a busy office. Um, there are requests for campus tours. Boston College is a beautiful campus. It's a great um, it's a great thing to be able to share with prospective students. A lot of those offices did not have a way to provide a graduate-specific tour. Hmm. So we began to develop that, and I think what our goal is next is to develop a like a script for that so that we can provide that back to the offices so that if they've got staff members or graduate assistants or even student ambassadors that want to become tour guides, that they've got some place to start. What I love about this too is, I mean, I'd imagine that while there's collaboration and whatnot, there's you know 
probably some silos too, right? In terms of the left hand doesn't always necessarily know what the right hand in another admissions office is is doing. And you, this particular team can act as sort of like a silo breaker, right? Like, you know, hey, oh, did you know that, you know, the admissions team over here, they, they just launched this campaign and it's performing really, really well. Here's what they did. Like, you don't have to use it. I'm not, we're not saying, we're not, again, we're not guide, we're not requiring you to implement this strategy. But as an FYI, this is a template. This is a framework that's been used and proven. Here you go. Right. And that that sort of like, th- there's just such a great need for resources like that throughout sort of like graduate enrollment management. And so it's really, really neat to see even sort of like the fledgling stage of something a little bit more tangible about what this could look like, how other schools might be able to adopt and create teams like this to support, right, university-wide efforts, especially when you've got different admissions teams for for different schools and you don't have a centralized uh, structure. Right. And I think the digital piece in particular, I mean, I think we, uh, those of us who work in the industry know how quickly technology changes and how quickly new tools are introduced and new services and products are introduced to the space. So I think being able to bring that information to the teams is going to be extremely important um, because, again, they they don't have the time to do that. I mean, that it takes time to be able to make sure that you're aware of what what's going on in the marketplace, what types of opportunities are there to do things better. Um, so I, I really see us as that outlet, that that resource in that way, um, particularly in the digital space, because I think that that's going to be an important avenue for higher education going forward. So Brett, uh, great points there. And I think you might be the only person that at least I know with the title of Director of Graduate Enrollment Digital Strategy. <laughs> um, and you guys are chuckling, so maybe that's true. That's probably true. Um, <laughs> and, and, and again, I, I told you this when we chatted a couple weeks ago. I reached out to you specifically because I was like, what? Like I saw your link, your job update on LinkedIn and I thought, I have never seen anyone in higher ed with a with a with a title like this there's got to be a backstory here right and that's one of the reasons we're having this conversation today so i'm curious from your perspective like how how did you even find out about this opportunity like what excited you about it and why did you ultimately pick it yeah absolutely well adam and i have known each other for a long time and you know i think um one of the aspects of of higher education is uh, you know everybody knows everybody <laughs> and so you you constantly are are talking to colleagues at other schools and i think um part of it just stemmed from a conversation that adam and i had had about um you know where higher education was going what some of the challenges that i was facing kind of personally and individually in terms of my previous role and and some of the the good and bad uh, parts of it. Um, and I think, you know, through that conversation, I think we talked a lot about the fact that there's a lot of opportunity, I think, in the graduate enrollment space to, to be more collaborative and to look at opportunities at a school like BC that does have a, this particular structure and where the opportunities to be able to be a force of change and, and to continue that collaboration or enhance that collaboration. Um, so it it started there. And then I think, um, you know, Adam really described what his vision was for this new team that he was creating at BC um, and this particular role that he was talking about in terms of, of um, digital strategy. And I think what 
excited me most, I think, was initially that collaboration piece, mm -hmm. um, that opportunity to use my expertise and my experience to be able to help other teams. I mean, that that was a driving force for me because that's what I ultimately love to do anyway. Um, and the the I think the interesting and and other exciting piece was the digital strategy piece in particular because we talked a lot about the fact that this wasn't just a digital marketing position. Sure, you know, this sure. was somebody who could again be a resource for the admissions teams to help them figure out how to use the digital tools to their um, most effective uh, use. Yeah. And um, so I, I really felt like it fit well with what I wanted to do, um, where I wanted my career to go. Um, you know, ultimately, I'd, I'd love to be a vice president of enrollment management one day. And so I think this gave, gave me the opportunity to use my ex experience and my expertise and the years of working in graduate admissions and, and financial aid to be able to help be a guide for yeah. for other teams um, at a place like BC. So ultimately, that's why I chose it, um, and and to work with the fabulous people at BC that I've known from other institutions. Um, so it it just was was a, a great fit, and um, it's it's really allowed me to explore new new ways of using my experience to to help the the BC teams. Adam, I in preparation for our conversation today, I was Googling and found the job description um, for this this role. And I was really impressed by it. And I, I was curious, sort of like, how did you go about like even piecing this together? Like, how did you think about what the role and responsibilities of this new this new position within a new team would look like? Well, we worked on that job description for a really long time, so okay. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad that you found it. Um, and uh, and I think it is a good sort of first guide to what we were thinking about for the for the role. Um, I, you know, you mentioned the sort of breaking of silos. Um, I think th this role is also a partnership builder, hmm. and the um, the great thing about um, what we're doing is, I think, um, forming partnerships with other offices across the university that have such a strong impact on uh, digital recruitment and recruitment in general. Um, the Office of University Communications, for example, which oversees all of the, um, the brand uh, management, the um, marketing, video, web, um, all of uh, news all of those aspects of communications for the university. And um, I think a, a major piece of that is uh, how we communicate with graduate prospective students. Yeah. So, um, you know, th they were involved in that, um, the crafting of that role. They were involved in the job search. Um, so, you know, it, it's pieces like that that I think helped uh, this come together. Um, and I think there was enthusiasm from the schools because they sort of knew where capacities existed. So yeah. to say, oh, I would love to have a partner to talk about this, um, you know, this this particular tactic with. But, you know, like um, 
we're, we'll patiently wait until you you hire that person and <laughs> yeah. then you're going to go full speed ahead and i think you know brett's been in place since may right mm -hmm. and what does that make it like six months is that well th uh, three months right Th three we can't uh, july we can't yeah. do math on demand may, yeah. may, may june july four four months four yeah. months something yeah. like that so sorry <laughs> um but uh you know i think it's already been sort of hit the ground running there were people who were you know contacting him probably in the first few weeks mm -hmm. already wanting mm -hmm. to have those in-depth conversations so there was real excitement from the teams and i think that's what um you know really made made this happen what's really cool about this too is I mean, I haven't met anyone who is a director of admissions or a VP of enrollment management that doesn't have like ideas, right? Like, and doesn't like want to do things differently or doesn't have opinions when it comes to sort of like how students, how student recruitment should, should grow and sort of, you know, how, how sort of like these tactics and strategies sort of should evolve. But the reality is like these people are like underwater. They have way too much on their plate. And so, What's super, super interesting, again, of like what you all have put together is like I, I would imagine, maybe not immediately, but in the you know near future, you sitting down with a director from one of these schools and saying, all right, like talk to me about like, you know, your your ideas, like just I, I'm just going to take a ton of notes, like give like download your thoughts about all things uh, digital strategy to me. I'm going to take a ton of notes and then I'm going to come back to you and I'm going to tell you either one, here's what I think you guys should do and can do given the resources that I know you have available and or here's what I can do for you, right? So from, from an execution standpoint, so you don't even have to worry about this. And I think that like that you having the time and the space to think, right? And to be creative and to do research and come back with like actual solutions, that's just so rare. And I, I do think like, I mean, Hire has been talking about this for years, right? Like we need to break down silos. People need to talk to each other. And yet, like, there there are just so few examples of, like, people that are actually empowered in roles to do just that. And mm -hmm. this at least appears like one of those roles, right, that could do just that. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the great things, um, to, to your point about giving, getting that opportunity to just sit down and talk with, with the directors and with the teams, you know, some of that has already started. I mean, that that's been kind of one of the aspects that I wanted to kind of do right away and that we talked about kind of as soon as I started is, you know, have that opportunity. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's going to be a really valuable piece of, of the role and allow the, uh, allow the directors and, and the, the admission teams to really feel as though they're being supported for, for thinking of new ways to do things and thinking of how to enhance the process for their for their students um, throughout throughout the journey, so I think that's an important piece. And and it's what's been nice is that everybody has been really receptive to that, and I think that that has been aiding in my excitement for the role and yeah. energy. So it, it's just been a, a wonderful piece of it, and I, I really see us, you know, having regular consistent opportunities to do that type of brainstorming and that type of um, idea generation um, constantly and like you said the the ability to take that time to actually have the ideas and to do the thinking 
is, I think, a really exciting aspect of what we can help uh, the schools do. So, you know, if you're in the weeds and you're, you know, you're trying to just make everything work from day to day, like maybe that is the piece that doesn't happen. Um, and, and that's where we can be a support. Hmm. Yeah, no. And I, I think that, you know, for our listeners today who are like, how do I get a Brett? How do I get like a team like this put together in, in my context? Like Adam, like what recommendations, like how did you, I, I know you shared a little bit about this, but like, did you have to talk to anyone else at BC about getting this team set up and bringing Brett on board? Like what were those conversations like? And, and I guess like, how did you, how did you pitch this idea to the powers that be to, to get it approved? Yeah, there were a lot of conversations, um, and uh, I, I think you know the timing was right. So um, we we got lucky that way. Where I think as a university, we were looking at what our investments were in uh, marketing and specifically in the digital space, and that's not just for graduate recruitment. That was across the board uh, at the university. So uh, there there were some opportunities as a result of those conversations to have. Um, some more focused uh, uh, conversations about how to support graduate enrollment. And I think the um, the stars aligned in, in the right way. Um, but yeah, the the uh, the provost office was very supportive and um, there is, uh, you know, there are a couple of people who I went to first. So, so my boss, uh, who's the Vice Provost of uh, Finance and Administration, and the, and also the Vice Provost of Enrollment Management at BC, who works more closely with the undergrad population, but that has been a great support of uh, this idea as well. So, Brett, when you think about Right. I know you're just getting in here. Uh, you probably are like still, you know, buried in emails and just trying to like, you know, uh, uh, get oriented. Right. Um, but when you think about sort of like the digital recruitment strategies and tactics that are like most important for folks, especially at the graduate level, to be thinking about right now. Right. Like for our listeners who, again, who are would crave to have somebody who are, are craving to have somebody sort of like in your position within their own institutional context, like. What, where do you think folks' time and energy and attention should be focused? You could talk about tools or tactics or platforms, you know, take, answer the question however you see best fit, but like, where should people be putting their limited time and energy right now that they do have when it comes to thinking about digital student recruitment? Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, I think the easy answer, especially given the pandemic and, and, the lack of of opportunity to do kind of in-person recruitment i think you the easy answer is to just well we'll just do more digital marketing like we'll just turn everything into virtual events and we'll just spend more time and money um, doing digital marketing to kind of get those top of funnel leads so i think part of it is that i i, I do think with the technology that's there i think there's a real opportunity to do more with digital marketing tools, whether that be different platforms that you use, like social media platforms, or uh, I know you and Isaac have talked about, you know, SEO and and looking at the content that you're producing on your website to kind of get and attract students. So I think those are kind of the easy, low hanging fruit, so to speak. Um, but I also think a lot of it is going to revolve around using the digital tools to 
make the engagement with the students more robust and mm. more meaningful for, for both the student and the school. So I, I mean, I point to things like utilizing personalization wherever possible. And, and obviously digital tools allow us to do that easier. So I think that that's one area that if schools are not doing that currently, you really need to invest the time. I think that's gonna be worth um, your time and your, your efforts in that. Um, I also think consistency in messaging is really important right now um, because I think what we've seen over the last year and a half is what the value of information is and mm. how important it is to have consistency in that information and how you're delivering it to to students. And I think that that's really important, um, especially because we know attitudes about education are different and they, they have changed over the last couple of years and are continuing to change, um, both at the graduate and I think we've seen at the undergraduate level as well. And that's gonna obviously impact future graduate students. And then I think the the other important strategy that I think is, is definitely worthwhile is trying to, as much as possible, look at a multi-channel approach. Uh, I think that that's the one thing that I, has stuck with me um, for a long time. And I know everybody's you know budget might be limited and their time might be limited, but as many different channels that you can be to connect with students, I think is gonna be extremely important um, because we know it's important um, to reach the students where they are. And now, especially with the digital tools, they're, they're almost everywhere. Um, and so you really need to, to use that approach as much as possible. So those are some of the main things that I've been thinking about. Um, and hopefully over the next, you know, next year, um, we'll really be able to spell that out in some of the resources that we want to provide to our, our teams at BC. Um, but I think that those are going to be important pieces for a lot of colleges and universities for graduate enrollment management. Yeah, very, very well said. And, um, you know, just to piggyback on that a little bit, we we talk about sort of like graduate student recruitment as like this one thing like we do with undergrad student recruitment. And like, while there are certainly like nuances and differences at the undergrad level with student populations, you're still mostly dealing with like a population of students that have similar demographics, right? Like they're the same age, right? They're depending on the school, probably coming from like uh, the same rough geographic areas and speaking to them, right, you're you're really more often than not not selling them on a particular major or program. You're selling them on like an experience where at the graduate level, it's really different, right? Like more often than not, you're convincing folks, people are interested in your school because of a specific program or a specific couple of programs. And so when it comes to sort of like digital recruitment strategy, right, it needs to be much more program specific in many cases, right? Not in all cases, but in many cases than it does at the undergraduate level. And so to your point, I just think that like schools need to understand that when it comes to recruiting today's, you know, prospective graduate students, you really do need to think critically about where are these populations of students? Mm -hmm. Like where, where do they consume their information? And then like, you don't necessarily need to be spending $50,000 on this particular channel or strategy or tactic, because yes, while that works for the business school, like social work, not so much, right? This is where this population right. of folks hang out. So I think that like, you know, you said it well, but just the big takeaway for folks is like, don't be tempted to sort of just like buy that, you know, silver bullet or buy the strategy that the other school is using and expect it to work 
just as well for you. Use it sort of as a reference point, right? Maybe as a framework to get started, but then understand like your goal, right? As somebody who is in graduate student recruitment is to figure out where are your prospects, right? Where do they live and breathe and eat digitally? And then how do you convince them to come to your table? Right, and and I think we've already seen that. I mean, we've seen even here at BC, some of the tactics that one of the schools is, is using may not work for one of the other schools. So, I mean, I think we've seen real world examples of that um, even here at BC. And I think that that's that's the interesting part, I think, um, and why I've spent most of, well, all of my career in graduate education is is that, that variability, um, that uniqueness, um, and, and working with prospective students that are coming with all sorts of different goals and objectives depending on what they want to do and what kind of disciplines that they're looking for. And that that's what makes it interesting, but it also what adds to the challenge because it there is no there is no silver bullet. There is no one answer to fit all. It, it really is going to depend on um, you know that school, that program, um, which is good because I think it gives that, it gives that availability to, for lots of different opportunities and lots of different tactics to be used um, and and the ability for the school to find the right one for their particular goal and objective, which I think is is great. I mean, that that I think is extremely helpful um, where I'm, I can see trying to cast that broad net is probably one of the, the um, biggest challenges at the undergraduate level. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's I think it's very contextual how um, programs think about reaching out to prospective students. And even within a single program, you might have different goals where different channels would work best depending on what those demographics are. So there's a lot of programs that are interested in both students, you know, relatively um, recent from undergrad, but they might also be looking for career changers. Sure. And so... You know, there's not, there isn't one tactic that you might say reaches all of those um, or checks all those boxes. But um, so I think you need to be very um, uh, contextual and, uh, you know, just very responsive depending on how you set those goals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my last question for one or both of you is around sort of the perceived value of graduate education, right? So, you know, it's not, news to anyone that uh, in the media sometimes you see things about is the traditional sort of like four-year degree actually valuable? Is there good return on investment on high, you know, um, in higher education that gets exacerbated at the graduate level depending on, again, you know, field? Um, but, uh, you know, to put sort of like that negative, uh, the, that negativity aside, like how just shoot straight with me like when when you guys think about the value proposition of graduate education like what excites you the most like what what do you think that um you know is any of that true does does the industry need to adapt do we need to be doing things a little bit differently at the graduate level to help better explain the ROI of of graduate education just any thoughts or musings you might have on sort of like the future of this space yeah i mean i think for, from my perspective i think one of the unique aspects of graduate education that I see as an opportunity to address this issue of the value of graduate education is really the the tie that 
a lot of graduate programs have to the individual professions and disciplines. Mm. I think that's, that's a major key that sometimes is probably a little bit more difficult to, to kind of narrow down at the undergraduate level, but because of the focus of graduate programs and how tied to certain professions or disciplines, there's a real opportunity there to work with those industries, those industry partners, the employers, the corporations, the nonprofit organizations that are in these different disciplines and really partner with them to make sure that the skills that they're wanting in the market is reflected in the programs offered at the institution. And so I think from the, the school's perspective, I think that that gives us an opportunity to create a really engaging narrative for the student to say, these these programs are giving you the skills that you need in these programs in, or in these disciplines and in these industries that we know employers are wanting that yeah. that we know corporations and and nonprofit organizations and government um, departments this is what they want out of their um, employees so I think we have a real opportunity to to be able to create that narrative and show the students just exactly what that value is. Um, and so I think it'll be important in going into the future that schools continue to partner with those partners to make sure that, that their programs reflect that and mm -hmm. that they're gaining, the students are gaining those skills that the market is deeming um, important. Um, as long as, as colleges and universities do that, I think they'll be fine. I think what will be difficult for graduate programs is to probably create programs because they think it's important. Um, and I think that that's where the data uh, analysis, the market research, I think those aspects of, you know, probably the lesser known aspects of what's involved when you're thinking about enrollment management and creating new programs or look or evaluating current programs. Um, it's probably the, the piece that gets talked about the least, but I think that it's the, one of the most important parts. Um, because I think if you're going to tell a student that your graduate program is valuable and you should invest your time and your money into this, you want to feel confident that it is going to lead to that success for them and that it's based on what we know is true of what is required or what is um, advantageous in the marketplace. So I think that's, I think as long as colleges and universities can do that, I think then, um, they'll be very successful. And I think that that conversation with the students will be very easy and very natural. Um, if they don't, and then they don't do their homework, I think that that's where the challenge can exist. Well, Brett, Adam, thank you so much for your time. This has been an enlightening conversation and best of luck as you sort of evolve this team and we'll keep our pulse on you and uh, keep watching, see how things sort of yeah, unfold. Yeah, Yeah, and... Um, uh, for folks that want to get in touch and learn a little bit more about what you're all doing, we'll, you know, uh, give contact information, uh, assuming it's okay, in the show notes so folks can kind of reach out to you to learn a little bit more about this Absolutely. new team that you've set up. Great. Thank you so much, so much, Zach. Zach. Yes, thank you. If you are an enrollment marketer working in marketing and communications or enrollment management and would be willing to be interviewed on the podcast, 
Or if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear covered on the podcast, please reach out directly to me at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at Enrollify.org. We sincerely look forward to working with you to make Enrollify the most trusted, go-to, digital resource for enrollment marketers out there.